This week on Commander's Paradise, we're talking about wing cons. And what's the best way to cream your friends? Well, we don't have a top 10 list and we don't have a ranking system that has S in it, but we're still going to find out. So let's go. Commander's Paradise. Hello. I'm Ryan, and that's Tyler, and uh, we're going to be talking about how to win a game of Magic today. Yeah, we're talking about win cons in Commander and what we think about them, like if they're played out or if they're still cool, or yeah, that's basically it. What we, yeah. Kind of like what we think, what's our favorite ways to win, and regardless of how much people say Commander's not about winning a game has to end, so you, you got to do something. So yeah. these are some of the more classic ways and uh, maybe some of our own favorite personal ways of doing it. Probably poop on a couple of them because some of them aren't very fun. But what are we kind of thinking about starting with? We can just kind of go down that list if you want. That works for me. So... Number one on the list, the number doesn't really mean anything. It's just kind of when we wrote it down on the list. But number one on the list <laughs> is uh, aristocrats. So kind of like the I sacrifice a creature or maybe an artifact. Now, a lot of artifacts do it, too. But mostly creatures, we sacrifice a creature and then we each opponent loses a life and we gain a life or something like that along those lines. And either doing that like in an infinite combo kind of thing with like a revel arc and like a karmic guide and a sack outlet and a pinger. Or something just, like uh, that, or just like in the long haul, just like a grindy, like I'm doing it every turn. Like I'm just like over like three or four turns, we're just going to, I'm going to sacrifice like 15 creatures and then everyone's going to die. Yeah. Whether it's like uh, some kind of infinite loop that you have, like you said, with Karmic Guide or uh, just like kind of a grindy over the course of the game value machine which is how i feel like most aristocrats work it's a lot of like when something dies you drain gain everybody for one or like some of the new cards i think in phyrexial is one there's one that does it for two yeah but once per turn which is pretty cool and uh it's cool because this kind of win con benefits from a lot of repetition there's a lot of cards that like have the same text written on them just in like different ways so even not going to infinite, it's still very easy to do like a ton of damage with just like a Viscerasir, a Zulaport Cutthroat, and a Blood Artist. Yeah. And it's like that's all you need to like cause Be some a issues. Problem, yeah. yeah. And still get like a bunch of value. That's kind of the other awesome thing about Aristocrats, I think, is there's a ton of like card value in it normally because you have to like go through a bunch of cards to make it worthwhile. Well, it's like in uh my Yawgmoth deck, I have to keep drawing cards, so I keep having things to sacrifice. So it's like by default, I'm going through my deck faster, too. 
which gets me to like other versions of win cons if I need it. But by the end of it, everyone's en- ends up being around 10 life anyway, and they're all hitting each other. So yeah, sometimes you kind of just sit in the background and watch it happen. Yeah. I like aristocrats a lot. It's just kind of the staple deck for like black decks. The majority I think would are some sort of aristocrats deck, unless they're something weird with like a lot more colors, but like a black, like a two color black deck is or, or one is definitely going to lean into that just naturally, just because it's so powerful because it gets you card ava- advantage. It gets and it deals damage to your opponents. So it does the two things you need, getting more cards and killing your opponents. And I like it. I think it's fun. Um, it's just very versatile. So you can do it in so many different ways. Like in Mardu, I the, I know like there's like at least two you can do in Mardu. There's like Alesha Aristocrats, and then there's no Trin and Silvar. That's it. The cat and the the human from Ikoria Aristocrats, but it's more human based. You can do Chattergang can be Aristocrats, and it's Squirrel and tokens. Mono Black has a bunch of them. You can do Abzan with Carador which is more of a graveyard focused deck where you definitely lean in with like the aristocrats aspects because you're normally winning with some sort of aristocrat style combo, sacrificing something and pinging. So it's just a staple um, of the format. I think it will always be. And I like it. I have no problem with it. Yeah, it's fun. It's easy to build, especially if you're learning. And uh, it's like just slow progressive value over the course of the game, but it like kind of leads the game to a close where like sometimes people get frustrated because a deck might be taking like too many game actions without really doing anything. It's like the whole time you're doing the game actions for this, people's life totals are going down. So it like actually has some kind of end result anyway, even if it might feel a little bit dirtily, but yeah, it's fun. It's easy. It's classic. I would still rate it a pretty good win con. Yeah, no, it's like a top tier one in terms of performance and also like annoyance. Like it's not, I don't know, it's not annoying annoying to lose to Aristocrats because you see it coming or it's just like a, if it's like a combo, then it's like it could have been any combo to win the game, you know, at that point. But like the general like value Aristocrats, I think it's just like one of the best ones because it's effective. It's fun. Yeah, I dig it. Hell yeah. The next one that we've got on the list is Milling. Ooh. Which is... Honestly, it feels kind of like a meme. Unless you're playing a combo, it can feel kind of meme-ish yeah. with a, four with three other 100-card decks. So instead of having to mill 60 cards like you would in another format, you have to mill 300 cards. It's a lot harder. <laughs> but I think recently there's been more tech that's come out for it that makes it easier. And there's also some just random hidden cards that are just like target opponent mills 10, which is still pretty solid. And if you, cause you're in blue a lot of the time, it's like normally a blue black deck. You could probably copy those too and uh, get some more value out of them. There's also things like Tasha's hideous laughter. Yeah. That card's red. Yeah. Which is just like, I was thinking about it earlier today, like before you guys came over and uh, just like backbreaking to a deck that is trying to do a majority lands type thing. Cause if it's a mana value 20, and like 40 to 50 cards in your deck or lands, that's just so much stuff gone. Where in obviously like the the goal with Mass Mill is to empty your opponent's library and then say go so that they'll all explode on their upkeeps because they won't be able to draw from their libraries. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's just if you're going to do it, you, you have to go for it. You know, it's got to be big mana, and 
not necessarily a combo, but you also have to be unsuspecting. Yeah. Because you really got to make it to like turn seven. At least, yeah. Yeah, to seven or eight. And then, then you can start casting spells that actually like compound enough that someone looks over and they're like, oh shit, I just lost 70 cards in one turn. Yeah. And it's, yep. Because you have to play a lot of weird cards. There's like, um, force fruition whenever an opponent casts a spell they draw seven cards and so like yeah you're giving them seven cards but i mean in the point of commander it's like you want to be casting like two or three spells a turn to keep up and if you're doing that you're drawing 21 cards that's not sustainable you know on top of you milling them with like if you have a mesmeric orb out they untap all their lands and they mill like eight cards and then they draw 21 cards and they do it again in the next turn like three quarters of their deck is gone you know like, that's pretty fast. And then, like, yeah, the big combo way of, like, um, Teferi's Tutelage, right? With um, whenever you draw a card, is it each opponent or target opponent? Teferi's Tutelage is target opponent, but then there's another one that does say each. I can't remember what the name of it is off the top of my head. I'll find it in a second. Yeah. Um, and then there's also Psychic Corrosion, which is whenever at the beginning of an opponent's end step, they put however many cards went into their graveyard that turn they mill that many cards so it's like it doubles the mill and yeah you can always cast like peer into the abyss into any one of those so then you end up drawing your whole deck and if you don't immediately mill the whole table for a win you have enough cards that you're set up for the rest of the win yeah there's also stuff like fleet swallower which is a five and two blue it's a six six fish so it's kind of like it's on a body, mm-hmm. can die to removal. It's not anything crazy, but it, like when it attacks, target player mills half their library rounded up into his or her graveyard, which again with it like... Being an, an attack trigger and not a deal damage trigger is pretty sweet. Yeah, it's very sick. Um, and with uh, with like Psychic Corrosion, that's also like an immediate win because they'd mill half their deck and then because they milled half their deck, Psychic Corrosion mill the other makes half, them yeah. mill the other half. Yeah. So it's kind of... it's. Uh, feels weird it's almost like an enchantment based strategy until it starts to pay off yeah but i think it's fun i would definitely say if we were to put it somewhere in the, i put it somewhere in the middle you know what i mean yeah it's definitely not good but i think it can it can be fun and it's kind of a, a little bit controlly because you're well you're in blue black typically for mill or blue or maybe mono black but I mean, there's like Bruvac, which is mono is blue, and then you do a Demir mill deck, but you don't do the normal one. The normal one is Finax, God of Deception. It's a four seven indestructible god from Theros with the devotion thing. And then creatures you control have target player puts the top X cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard, where X is this creature's toughness. So it's more like you get a bunch of creatures out and then you tap them and just make people mill that way. But you do with someone else and it's more of like a combo peer into the abyss. What's his name? Make everyone lose on the stack, which is cool. Yeah, I'm going to find his his uh, thing real fast. Yeah, I I don't like, I don't know. Mirko Vosk Mind Drinker. Yeah, the deck that I have is Mirko Vosk Mind Drinker, who's two, three in Demir for two, four of flying. 
Uh, and whenever he deals combat damage to a player, that player reveals cards from the top of their library until they reveal four land cards and put those cards into their graveyard. And that's a lot. Four that, lands is a lot. Yeah, that could that could be that could be four cards, or that could be twenty. Yeah, it's a, it could be a fuck ton. Yeah. So I think it's just like if you're playing it on playing it, you have to go in like pretty prepared with like what you're doing. You have to have a game plan. With aristocrats, you can kind of just like shuffle up a, a pile and play. Yeah. Um, but with this, you have to like maneuver a little bit more. It requires specific pieces at specific times. So it's definitely more of like a combo kind of thing. But it's cool. It's not very oppressive, I don't think. It's not very good or efficient in compared to other one cons, which is not necessarily a bad thing um, because it's fun, I think. I don't know. I've never had a problem with your mill deck. I don't know. Like you've won. You've definitely you've won with it, but it's. Thank you. I don't know. It's always just been like. Oh, he has peer into the abyss and draws a million cards and then we lose. Okay, then we can just play again. Or you mill away other people's win cons and so it kind of stops other people from being a problem. So, I don't know. I think it's fun. Yeah, there's always that moment where you can get rid of someone else's entire plan because yeah. it's just, you know, if you put your whole bag in one or two cards and those two cards get dunked. Oh, well. I was going to say, Psychic Corrosion is actually the card that says whenever you draw a card, each opponent puts the top two cards of the library into their graveyard. Yeah. Um, Psychic Corrosion and Pure to the Abyss is basically a win. Yeah, that's a, yeah. It, sh- it should be. Unless someone has a, I mean, I think in Commander, unless you ha- have... Like a Guy's Blessing or like one of the Eldrazi Titans that like when it enters the battlefield, shuffle your graveyard and your deck. That's rough. Yeah. That's possible, but also just if, if for whatever reason you drew way more cards than everyone else prior to the Peer in the Abyss, and BS Peer into the Abyss, there's mm-hmm. also the, always the chance they could have like maybe 20 cards left over or something. Which even at that point, I think that makes the game kind of fun because then if anyone else overplays, they deck themselves. And I think sometimes Mill is kind of funny if you can make someone deck themselves by accident because they're like trying to stop you. But yeah, Mill's fun. I'd like to see maybe more Mill decks. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if there's enough commanders to facilitate it, but I guess you can just like, doesn't have to be like a, a mill commander. Just as long as you're in blue, black and something, you can probably do it. Yeah. So what's the next one we got? Uh, we got the opposite. It's milling yourself. It's winning with an empty library. So it's like, I'm going to draw, it's either, it's like two things. I'm going to draw a million cards like over like several turns, like with like Elegith and like that other partner that, Whenever you attack with a flying creature, you scry X, where X is the amount of flying creatures. And then Elegas says if you would scry you X, you draw X. So you just have all these scry effects, and you just draw your deck. And then you That's win very cool. by, yeah. with, um, typically with Thassa's Oracle, or Jace, Sculptor Mystery, something like that. The War of the Spark Jace, or did it say Thassa's? Thassa's yeah, Labman. Or and, Labman, yeah. Yeah, Labman. Labman was the one that... The classic out. one's Labman. Yeah, but, um, Labman's good. And I like that way a lot. I, I want to build a deck that does that, where it's just like the point is for me to me to just draw myself out slowly. The like Technically, the best way to win the game in Commander is doing that, is with uh, Demir Colors and with, of course, Demonic Consultation or Tainted Pact yeah. with the Thassa's Oracle trigger on the stack, which is like the most efficient way to win a game of Commander. And in casual, I think that is a garbage way to win the game. It's boring. Like, it's like it doesn't take anything special to get it with all the tutors. And I just think it is inappropriate for casual games. Like, that's just not what I want out of my EDH games. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm going to second that real fast because uh, 
if you sit down at a casual table in a game shop and someone is like, oh, yeah, you guys down to like play some commander and like preface that it is casual and you guys are having fun and stuff. And then you're the person that busts out a Thassa's Oracle uh, demonic consultation combo to win that, that game, you're a dick. That's just not fun. That is not the spirit of the format. And I'll look you in the face and say, fuck off. Yeah. Um, That's just really unfair and not kind of the game that other people are set up and expected to play. And then when you shrug it off and you're like, well, that's just my deck, then go play at a different fucking table. Yeah. So, but I think it's sick in the context of CEDH. Like the whole point is that we all know that someone is. Well, I mean, like, if everyone at the table is Demir Colors, which a lot of people are, a lot of decks are Crixus, we're all gunning for this busted win con, and we all got the tools to deal with it, and that's sick. And it's like, yeah, it's inevitable that someone is going to get it, most likely, but it's the journey there and how it happens and the interaction and, like, working it. That's what's fun about CEDH. That win con isn't really fun. It's it's the fight to that win con is what's sick. Yeah, and that's what's expected. Like, if if that's not your win con, your win con is something that is within the same realm of speed and possibility. Not sitting down and playing that combo versus someone whose whole goal is to kill the whole table with 1-1 one, one elf tokens. Yeah, it's like... That's your... Yeah, it's like you you saw someone with a beat-up truck and you wanted to race your Super NOS against them. It's just, like, mean... Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's just kind of a waste of everyone's time. I don't really get it, but yeah. Cause then at the same time, cause then everyone has to go find a new table to play at, which for some people is not solid. Social anxiety is a thing. Yeah. So just, just be honest because people are not going to be upset if you're honest. But when you play that combo after being dishonest, you're, you're a dick. So don't do it. Sorry, but the other way of emptying your library, like slowly doing it or like just like a, like a less efficient combo, like, getting infinite mana and then drawing your deck with like um, Staff of Dom or something like that. And then winning with Lab Man or Thoracle, I think that's that can still be fun and casual level as well. It's yeah. just really like the instant win on the stack with Thosses, like that's just boring. But Yeah, um, especially for casual. I was going to say, even milling your whole deck down to doing a Lab Man yeah. or Jace or something oh, yeah, is yeah. also pretty Self-mill fun. Self-mill yeah. or uh, draw, you know. Yeah, but, I mean they're the same thing. Yeah, it's it's all the same yeah. thing. It's just a different way of where you're putting your resources. Yeah, and it's it's very fun. I would say uh, a plus, especially because a lot of the times when you you play it fair and it's in a fun manner, a lot of people don't see it coming. Like a lot of the time, you just start pulling cards and stuff, and then you know, like you're like, well, if there's no interaction, I'm going to toss out my lab man, and people are like. Oh, that you are trying to do. Yeah, like, it's, yeah. it's fun. It's cool. It's because it's it's not normally what people are expecting. So I'm going to do it. It's fun. It's a good time. Just like be honest about the way that you're going about it is the is the only thing. Yeah. So our, our next one, you want to move on to the next one? Yeah. Next up, we got just like the concept of going wide um, and like just dealing a bunch of damage with a bunch of dudes like Elf Ball or goblinos goblins or soldiers or something like that birds drakes or just generic tokens cats cats and dogs pests yeah all (laughs) kinds of stuff anything that makes tokens and the goal is to make enough that when you swing at someone they're like i got a million i I can block every i could block stuff but it's not even gonna matter yeah you know Scoot Swarm is obviously kind of like the classic this, ball because yeah. it just 
gets really out of control super fast. So just definitely a staple. And then it kind of mixed in with that is like, how do you win with going wide is like overrun effects. Typically like we got, I mean, the staple is crater hoof behemoth, of course. Yeah. Which I think is a little trite and boring at this point. Like, I don't know. I've, I've played against it a lot and it's like, great. You, you cast the eight mana spell and, and you win. Yay. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like crater hoof, would kind of fall under the same premise of any classic green overrun effect. You know what I mean? Where like Mm -hmm. whether you play it on a body or at instant speed, it is normally that same amount of mana for Mm -hmm. all your creatures get big and trample. I think it's more fun going wide when you have it built over like enchantments and things that are giving like buffs here and there. You know what I mean? So it's like you're kind of building as you're like widening the army. You're also giving like ranks to the army. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, different pieces to the way the whole thing works. I think that's really fun. Yeah. Not saying that the other ones aren't bad. I mean, I have a Crater Hoof. I think the whole thing is fun. Mm-hmm. I have no real issue with it. I just, like, personally in my brain, I'd like to build it up as I go wide, too, instead of just doing an instant speed one. But at the same time, I run an overrun in the decks that I do go wide with yeah. because there's going to be inevitably a point where like you swing at someone with a bunch of one ones, they're not going to block because they know they can survive. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, ha, gotcha. Yeah. Like sometimes you have to do that to win the game. Mm -hmm. But I think as big as overrun is, there's also still that ability to like build up with like enchantments and other anthems and stuff like that. So yeah, it's definitely possible. But I think, yeah, but both of these styles kind of like hold hands and skip in a field of flowers. Cause it's like, you can't, you don't really have one without the other. Like you could play, an overrun on, like, three creatures, but is that really worth it when you can play an overrun on, like, 15 creatures? Yeah. You know? like that's cool. They, yeah, they kind of go, it's like peanut butter and jelly, mm-hmm. and it's just as classic. I don't see it going nowhere. No, it's definitely not, especially, <laughs> like, the, the big ones, like, Overwhelming Stampede or Pathbreaker Ibex yeah. or... Um, or even um, Triumph of the... Or no, 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 no. Um, Triumph of the Hordes. Triumph of the Hordes, yeah. Yeah, because, I don't know, it's just efficient. yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's all fun. Yeah. It's all, and that's a, that's like the classic casual way to end a game too. Cause you're just busting face. Yep. So, oh, the next one on the list is kind of a, kind of a boger. Oh yeah. So this is just a big one. It's just kind of like con- the idea of combos. Cause I mean, it's kind of a broad topic cause there's so many different like things that constitute a combo and like, some you could say like Thassa's or like Thassa's Oracle Demonic Consultation is the most efficient combo, but Revelark, Karmic Guide, a Sack Outlet, and a Pinger is also a combo, and they're not the same. One requires four pieces to work at least, maybe two or three. The other requires like one piece, the Thassa, and then an instant on the stack. Yeah, it needs so, four mana, two mana open on the stack. Yeah, so it's. You just got to be honest about what, how your, like how, like how many pieces your combos require to actually win the game and how fast it happens and when you can interact and how people can interact with it just for like deciding for like your, the power level of what you want your deck to do, you know, cause just some combos are just not good for certain power levels. Probably the best for casual is just like something you fall into. It's like, well, I got like all these different pieces and like, I'm just going to go I, ha, like I fall into going infinite because I have a sack outlet and then something that I can get something back and then I just start looping stuff. And it's not like you didn't plan on that, but you just made 
just your board state got big enough that like you fall into this big mass of just value that's going to win you the game. Everyone's always hit that point where you're playing a bunch of stuff and all of a sudden you realize like, oh, if I do X, then Y happens. And then when Y happens, Z happens, which lets me do X again. And then then it just, you kind of start looping. And even if it's not infinite, you fall into something where you're like, well, I have to keep playing it out because I don't know if this is going to be the end or not. Yeah. You know, so it's like. You see a lot of that on like game nights. Yeah. Like that's kind of like the, I, I feel like that's like the command zone way of building a commander deck. And I like, I like doing that a lot too, where it's like, it's just a value engine. And then that value engine, eventually the value engine gets big enough that it just, it just goes and goes and goes. And then you just win because you have so much value and you either drew all your cards and then you find your win con and you win or you, yeah. Yeah, and that's why the emphasis, such an emphasis on board wipes too, because if something like that happens and they're able to play it out pretty far but not all the way and then they have to pass turn, the thing is like single target removal is not going to end that problem because they have all those pieces. All the pieces, yeah. And whatever big value turn they just had, they have enough stuff that they're probably going to get. They have enough resources that they're probably going to get those pieces back just to continue. So when you just remove the whole board, the problem's gone. But, yeah, I think part of it is just knowing – well, I was thinking about it, too, and from the person playing against a combos aspect, too, before you, like, get salty, you know, or want to get upset about something, like, also notice how many pieces the combo has and notice that, like, see if it is that situation, you know what I mean? Because I think sometimes, like, you're playing with people you don't know – so sometimes you might want to jump the gun on stuff just because people get nervous. Like I get nervous in public all the time. Mm-hmm. But then when I sit back and I'm like, oh, well, they're tapping like four things to do this thing. And then they're bouncing something and then they're doing this. And it's like, that's actually pretty ridiculous. Like, yeah. <laughs> like the, the fact that they're taking all these game actions to like draw a card, make me lose a life. And then I don't know what else. We'll see what happens. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's not it, it kind of sits back and it's just like, oh, it's just another person taking their time with their deck. Like a lot of the time when those combos happen, two people aren't even expecting it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you're just running the higher, crazier stuff or like that's your goal, again, just be honest. Yeah. No one's people will people will either say not for me or they'll play to match and it yeah. won't be an issue. So like don't throw like like a protein whole combo deck out in a casual pod or like a tooth and nail combo where it's yeah. just like I have Micaeus and Triskelia and now I just, I win because on the stack, cause this one spell resolves, you know, unless you or, just really love Adnaz, there's really probably no reason to play that in a casual pod. Yeah. Well, yeah. Adnaz is really just a draw spell. It's just the most efficient draw spell. And like, it depends on what you're drawing for. And like Adnaz is just really good because it lets you draw into your efficient win cons. But if you're like in, if you don't have, a combo in your deck is just kind of like a really good draw spell and you just draw a bunch of gas and then just play your hopefully hopefully play your value engine from there yeah yeah but i mean they're all cool don't be afraid to play combos because combos are fun yeah just put them in your just think about like on what what's the earliest turn you can accomplish this combo and is that appropriate for where you play your decks because like there's some really cool combos that I would like to play, but like in the in our friend group, they just like want it. It'd be way too fast because we just play a little bit low s- slower. Or you just don't put tutors in your deck. Yeah, you have not, a combo yeah. in the deck and you don't tutor for it, or you have no way to tutor for it. So like you get it, and then you have to find the other piece and hope you find it. And then you can, if you get it, you get it. 
So, or put two dudes in your deck and don't put a combo, which is what I did. Oh, that's fair too. Yeah, it's yeah. like I have no combo piece to get. Just so I'll toolbox just, just toolbox. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's solid. For lower power specifically, high power, live your life, but yeah. just do whatever. Live your life and be honest. Yeah. I think that's the overarching VeggieTales moral of this episode. That's the just the fundamental rule of Commander is be honest and just with your who you're playing with is like the whole power level discussion, you know, that solves all the problems. Yeah. So the, the next one that we're going to talk about is uh, kind of alt win cons. Yeah. Alt, like yeah. ways that you can win the game without necessarily having to do much maybe aside from just kind of playing the game casually and getting mm-hmm. value. Um, and this would fall under like approach to the second sun. I think like revel in riches. Yeah. Revel in riches definitely counts for yeah. sure. What's the, the counters one. Oh, Simic Ascendancy. Simic yeah, Ascendancy. you get uh, whenever you put a plus one counter on something, you get tw- it gets a growth counter and at your upkeep, if it has 20 or more, you win the game. Or uh, Felidar Sovereign, where it's like if you have 40 more life, oh yeah, you win the game, um, which in Commander is hilarious because it's <laughs> like you start at 40 and you're a dedicated white life gain and then you just play it and then you have to just make it around the table and they have to get you below 40. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy. Doesn't really scale well. But a lot of cards don't, and that's kind of the yeah. point. That's part of the joy of the format. Yeah, it's fun. It's kind of goofy, and it, I think it's all. I'm all. I've said it. I say it like every episode. But I'm a big proponent of those ones where it, you give everyone like a turn to do something about it. Yeah, I think that shit's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, because all those everyone has so much time. Like approach to the sec- second sun, you go seven cards down. Yeah, and like you have to. And it costs like eight, like seven or eight mana. Like it's a lot. It's uh, six and a white. So six, yeah, seven. yeah, seven mana. You and then you have to draw seven cards in white. And then you have to cast it again, you know, like you give your opponents a ton of time. And if it gets milled and you don't have a way to get it back, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter. Like, I yeah. mean, you do gain seven life as well to like kind of help you out. But I don't know. I think it's fine. Oh, yeah. I think they're all pretty fun. And um, I've, I have like no... I think they're fun. I play Approach of the Second Sun a lot of the time in certain white decks just for that exact reason that, like, games have to end. Mm-hmm. And, like, if I play a Brago deck and I don't ever get enough pieces that I can swing, but I have enough pieces that I can draw a billion cards. Uh-huh. It is really good in, like, Dirtly decks. Like, I had an Esper Control, like, Flash deck for a little bit with Chromium. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Approach was one of the win cons. Or it was like Torment of Hailfire, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And yeah, it never won. I cast it like twice. I mean, they always, I always just got got. Yeah. Which yeah. is fine. You do end up getting got most of the time too, which is pretty fun. But I think they're, they're fun. I wish there were just more. I mean, I guess we just got Hallowed Fountain this year and stuff too. So I can't really be like, I wish we got more because they're still printing more. But I just think like an influx of them is, is fun. You know what I mean? Just like there's one that's like you have X amount of oil counters, you win the game, you know, stuff like that. Just like a way to incorporate these weird counters that probably won't get used for like another 10 years as a fun way to win the game. You know what I mean? But yeah, big, big fan of alt win cons. Yeah, they're, they're fun. They're, they're corny, but if you can get a win with them, I don't think I've ever done it. I've won with Approach once, but I've never won with Felidar Sovereign. I think I've only won with Approach, and it was only like one time. Yeah. If I've done it, it was only one time as well. No, I've won with Rebel and Riches at least once. Oh, yeah. No, I remember that game. Because I was sick. Yeah. Because I had Leyline of Anticipation, and I flashed it in. Yeah. Yeah. 
which that that's that's crazy. That's like so fun. Yeah, I think I just did approach once in one of my decks. I can't even remember at this. Probably Braco. Yeah, that or the Mardu deck because I think I have it in both of them. Yeah, I had a Revel and Riches, but I tossed that sucker out on the road. I said I don't want you to play with you anymore. It's like Woody in Toy Story Two. <laughs> yes. Instead of a into a pile of playing cards, it's a pile of treasure tokens. So our next one just says target play loses the game. Okay, so this is um, stuff like where you slowly you have an effect where you cause someone else to instantly lose the game, like Phage the Untouchable. If you can somehow like cheat Phage into someone else onto like onto. Someone else's Someone board. else's side. Like, it's like if when Fate enters the battlefield, if you didn't cast it, you lose the game. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So you make someone else get Fage. Or stuff with, like, Beamtown Bullies where they do, there's some stuff where, like, you can make someone lose the game, I'm pretty sure. Or, yeah, you could just drop Leveler on somebody yeah. and exiles their whole library. Yeah. Which is so fucking crazy. Or Strixhaven Stadium where it's like you just got to, you remove 10 victory points or counters from it and then target player that player loses the game um stuff like that and i just you never see that i don't know like it's just such an inefficient way to win the game because it only kills one player it's kind of like the infect problem where you get like one player and you still gotta kill like the other two yeah there's still two more players and then they saw what you just did to one so you're gonna lose so i don't know it's a little feels bad because a lot of time you like you kill someone out of nowhere, and then if you can't kill the other two really fast, then both of you are like just one player just kind of sits out for a little bit. But that's a lot of things. If you just kill someone early, it, that just kind of happens. It's just kind of a side effect of like a four person game. Yeah. But, or just the commander format. It's just kind of a. Just like statistically, there are going to be games where someone has enough value to take someone out early and. And then and they just, just because there. you don't necessarily like want to, you still can. Yeah, you know, it's just kind you, of a, so. a problem with Commander as a game. And uh, just having four people. Yeah, it's just there's more RNG to it. But I think it's fun. I don't know. I have killed someone with Strix Hayden Stadium. It was rad. It was me. I never felt more alive. <laughs> it was it sick. Was <laughs> it was with squirrels. I even remember because I so clearly was like, I'm going to tutor. I have a tutor in my hand. I'm going to tutor up a way to get it. And then I pulled up Feed the Swarm and forgot it didn't hit artifacts. And then I just... Yeah, was, you were playing your mono black deck. I was so... It's like there isn't anything you do. I be I have waking nightmares from Strixhaven Stadium solely. I am imagining putting a Meteor Golem in that deck. Yeah. Strictly so. <laughs> honestly, it's not that... It's kind of a good idea, honestly. Because um, I was like, just Meteor reanimate it and get rid of should be played in more decks. Maybe. I mean, it's just like a colorless way to deal with any permanent. And like every color except for white has problems dealing with permanent types. Like blue can't deal with enchantments at all. It can barely deal with artifacts. Red can't deal with enchantments or creatures. It can burn creatures, but it's very inefficient. Like you got lightning bolt, but you don't really run direct damage spells in commander with mono red. You can, just people don't. Yeah. You got Chaos Warp and Wild Magic Surge now. So that's like two spells that can deal with it with any permanent. But Black can, can't deal with artifacts at all. It can kind of deal with enchantments. It's got like two cards that can... It has Feed the Swarm. But that's one card. Yeah. And it's a sorcery. And it's got Invoke Despair. 
which can make people sacrifice enchantments. But that's kind of it, right? It's not, and no one really plays Invoke Despair. That's like a mono black card. So, I would say a lot of people play Invoke Despair, just not in Commander. <laughs> well, not Commander, yeah. It's people play it in Standard. Uh, but um, anyway, that's why people should play Meteor Golem more because it's just blows up everything. Yeah, which is fair. Yeah, but I think it's fun. I there's th- this is from the same perspective as other alt win cons. It's just like there's not that many versions of them yet. But yeah, I think it's fun. I don't really have too much to add to this one. Yeah. I think they're cool. I've never really personally run one. I've only died to them. Mm-hmm. So, um, but even even in that sense, I don't have, it, I still think they're fun. I think it's a good time, especially when stuff is like televised, you know, even like an Aether Flux Reservoir. Yeah. Just something that sits on the field. And is oh, like, we should talk about, Aether, yeah, what do you think about Aether Flux? I think it's fun. I think it's good. I think if you're... It's obviously like most at home in a life gain deck, but since it compounds with each spell, you should run it in spell slinger. You know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. a, it's a solid card, and I think it's just fun to imagine. Like for four mana, you can basically have the Death Star. Yeah, <laughs> it's just kind of. I've heard people complain about the. I've only I've honestly never really played against it that often, but people have the problem where once they get up the fifty life, like they just kind of hold. Like you don't have to like. You don't have to use it, so like you you just hold the table hostage, which is a weird dynamic because it's like, why are we like why are we playing then? Because like who like no one's gonna mess with you, so you're because you can just kill them at instant speed on the stack, and then and so you're messing with the other people. But if you're spending all your resources killing these other people, they might just die or you just might die. So you're just kind of wasting your time, you know. So it's I don't know. Yeah, I think at that point it just turns to, like, table politics. You know what I mean? There's three on one. One of you has a Death Star that can nuke one person mm-hmm. at any given point, but that still leaves two people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, they can only hold the table as hostage as the table's willing to be held yeah. hostage, you know? So it's like, if you just force their hand, they have to use it, and then they have to pay 50 life, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's not, because it's like, the minute that they use it, they're pretty much out of the game unless they're like at 90 you know so i think at that point like just call call the motherfuckers bluff yeah and just push because then if you if it's three on one and they nuke one person they're also out of the game mm-hmm. so everyone at home missed it we don't have a video but i shrugged oh, okay. <laughs> um and I think Aether Flux is, is pretty fun. I think it's a goofy card. And, I mean, that's that's pretty lame if you're not, like, letting people take game actions and stuff. I think that problem probably goes further than Aether Flux is a card. That's probably just shitty players yeah, being like, oh, I'm going to be nonsensical. Yeah. Because, like, I, it, it's understandable to hold it up, but at the same time, yeah. you got to use it at some point, so just use it. Maybe that's why everyone should run Cross and Grip. I don't run Crimson Grip in anything, but Crimson Grip would just deal with that no problem. That's yeah, that's the other thing. Just play green. <laughs> yeah, well, because they can Crimson Grip has split second, so they can't activate it. Yeah, which is sick. Um, yeah, split second is hype. It's very cool. More split second. More sudden spoiling is the coolest card in the world. Which one's that? It's the one where it's it's like a three mana instant, and it's like creatures your opponents control lose all abilities and are like zero ones until in a turn. Oh. And it's got split second. Okay, so it's like a polymorphous just with split second. Yeah, and it's like a fog because they, and then they all become zero ones. So like, yeah. if someone's swinging out with you, just a bunch of big dudes, you'd be like, no, no, 
no damage is dealt. And then you can block shit and just like kill all their stuff. It's insane. Yeah. Sean always casts it and it always ruins my life. Yeah. Sean's really good at that. What do we got next? I think we've got I win. Yeah, just big spells, typically instants or sorceries that just say I win the game now because I cast this spell. And it's like if this resolves, I basically win. And it's like Torment of Hailfire, um, which is X, black, black, right? Something like that. And then uh, each opponent loses three life unless they discard a card. And they have to repeat that X times where is the amount of mana you pay. So it's like you either remove their entire hands and they lose some life or, or is it also sacking permanence too? Or is it just discarding cards? Part parts me thinks it is sacking permanence as well. I just can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. It's X and black, black repeat the following process X times. Each opponent loses three life unless that player sacrifices a non-land permanent or discards a card. So yeah. And it's non-land. Yeah. Which is like, if it's infinite mana, pretty solid. If you're casting it for like, Five or six. It's just... It's annoying it, to resolve. Yeah, it's just like, annoying. <laughs> it takes so long. Like, I think the thing with some of these cards are if it's like a... You cast it and you're like, I like everyone just agrees unanimously. Like, yep, you got it. Pretty it's solid. Fine. It's yeah. fine. It doesn't matter. But these cards, like, when you have to play them out, are just so annoying. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just... Like, that keeping track just going around the table is just rough and time-consuming sometimes. Well, expro is no, it's a uh, yeah, expropriate. Expropriate. Where it's like, um, you vote time or each player votes time or money. If they vote time, you take an extra turn. If they vote money, you gain control of a non land permanent they control and you choose. So it's like, do you either give them your best card, maybe your commander, do you just give them your commander so you don't have it anymore? And now maybe your game plan is just completely shut off. Or do you. Let them take another turn. Or or do you let them, and they're going to take at least one because they're going to, the person who casts it picks money. Yeah. So they're taking at least one turn. And like, do you give them your commander and then you're just going to done most likely because you build your deck around your commander? Or do you let them take more turns and then they cast more extra turn spells or like, and then they just <laughs> went on their next turn? Yeah. And it just then, takes forever. Yeah. It just takes, I feel like it takes forever. And we were talking earlier, and you mentioned even, like, copying that spell. Yeah. Which, like, longest amount of extra turns at that point is eight extra turns. And, like, I don't want to play. I'm sorry. I don't want to play through that. Yeah. Well, at that point, it's kind of, like, well, maybe this is a different discussion. But, like, the idea of locking your opponent out of the game, and then they you don't win, they concede. CEDH is okay, because that's what Urza does. Yeah. But, like... At a casual game, that is just, I think it's rude. It's so rude. It's just a waste of everyone's time, and it's like you didn't actually win. You didn't, like, the point of the game is to get someone down to zero life or empty their library. You either destroy their mind or you destroy their body, you know, (laughs) and the flavor. And, like, you don't do either of those when when you just shut everyone out of the game. You're just like, well, no one can play this game we sat down to play anymore yeah and the only reason i think it's fine in cedh is because everyone sits down with that premise in mind yes and yeah. it's very simple different, yeah everyone's just different cool scooping up yeah but when you're playing it casually it's just really rude i think it's very against the spirit of the game and also it just is narcissistic yeah and it's like you didn't win 
they just got bored. Like your deck made someone so bored that they decided they would rather <laughs> not play this game anymore. Yeah. They continue to do what you're play along with what your deck is doing is what actually what it means when you make someone concede like that. Yeah. And not saying I scoop because you like you win, you know, like, oh, you have so much advantage. You're like, you're good. Like, I just scoop. You're going to win. That's different. But like where you're like, I literally just can't do anything. So I just I'm scooping out of like time monopoly. Yeah. Like I just I would rather do something else with my time than sit here and watch you keep doing stuff. Yeah. Like it's like I play stasis with Teferi out and then like I get to untap stuff and you just sit there. Yeah, it's and like I sit there with my, my time. Garuk's uprising and my land war elves, and yeah. I'm like, well, this isn't what I wanted no, to do. <laughs> it's, like, just boring. And, like, yes, it's a valid way to play the game, but I think it's a boring way to play the game. Like, just win, like, like I don't know. That's, yeah, it's just... Find, like, just find another way to win. Like, there's literally a million do, other ways. Yeah, just do something else. Just do, actually, <laughs> like, win the game. Don't just force people to quit because they're bored, you know? yeah. That just makes you a really bad winner. Like, in terms of people who win games, you're, like, yeah. the loser of the winners. Yeah. So. Sorry. I stand um, by that. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I think this next one is Perforos. Yeah, so just kind of, like, uh, pingers or, like... Or, like, Impact Tremors. Yeah, Impact Tremors. Or Storm Surge. Yeah. Or, or Terror of the Peaks. Yeah, which kind of can revolve into, like, combos, combo territory, where you just may do it an infinite number of times and you just kill everyone. But just like over time, just making permanent center of the battlefield. Because yeah. this can also run into like artifacts now. Like when artifacts enter the battlefield, you ping people with uh Reckless like two, fire weaver. Yeah, and there's like a couple cards like that. So just like pinging and burning, or yeah. Just kind of like making things enter the battlefield and then killing your opponents that way. Yeah. In black and white, it's aristocrat drain gain. Yeah, and, and then red. Red and blue, it's uh well red. Definitely burns a bunch of stuff. It's burns, yeah, burning. But um, and I like that a lot. I think it's fun. Yeah, I think it's fun, and especially because these always end up doing a little more damage too. Like War Storm Surge is whatever the power is on the creature, and Perforos is two damage instead of one, which is like pretty cra- classic with Aristocrats. We have a little Aristocat right here. He's trying to jump up on a keyboard. So I, I feel like it in terms of that play cycle is also solid because it. Just goes a little bit faster, which I think is always good for the health of a game. I think Perforos sometimes can be a little bit of a bitch because it's indestructible. No, yeah, he's um, he's oppressive for sure. But yeah. I don't if, know. If you play it as like a finishing thing, uh-huh. pretty solid. But if you're someone who like had a Perforos for whatever reason, tossed it in a deck and it kind of just sits there, it's like it can get a little bit intense. I think it hits it hits worse when it's Mogus. Yeah. Um, which is a sacrifice or pain. Um, Mogus is kind of crazy. Yeah, which I, yeah, I feel like Mogus is like Under, really kind of underrated. Yeah, sick because he's like a big evil goat. But um, he's a minotaur. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, seven, five, indestructible, two, always oh, four mana. What the heck? Yeah, it comes out really early and it's really oppressive. Yeah, beginning of each opponent's I still upkeep, play it, it deals two damage to that player unless he or she sacrifices a creature. Pretty sick. It does a lot. And it's $8. I feel like that's kind of, I feel like that's low. Because a lot of the other gods are really expensive. Like Iroas, his brother is like almost $20, I think. Yeah, that's weird. I don't know. It's just, uh, people should play that card more. 
yeah, Mogus is cool. But yeah, I think I think this is a fun, valid win con, especially if you're going the same direction as going wide because mm-hmm. it 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 like overrun kind of just pairs well with that strategy. So. Mm-hmm. I think we've got one more on the list, though. Is that yeah, right? this is the boogeyman. <laughs> this is uh, I'm the boogeyman. I'm the man that lives under your bed. Yeah, we're gonna we're talking about infect. Infect. If you get ten poison counters, you lose the game. Ooh. Stop, Patrick! You're scaring him. I like it. I well, I know you do, Ryan. <laughs> He has his Yogmoth deck is like kind of an infect deck. It's mostly just an aristocrats deck, but it's got like definitely got some infect sub themes. I've built three infect decks at this point. Yeah. Over the course of our Oh my god, we've been playing Magic like as a group for like two years straight now. Yeah, which is That's crazy. crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um but yeah, the, since I started playing again, I've been trying to build an infect deck. <laughs> and you know it's hilarious. I don't think it's that you've ever won with infect one time. Uh-uh. Every time I play a 1-1 that has Infect, everyone gets scared and beats the shit out of me. It's, <laughs> it's like, so this funny. is 1-1-1. <laughs> I play Phyrexian Crusader, a 2-2 with First Strike, Proc, Red, and White, and everyone says, let's kick him in the nuts. Yeah. It's and so... It's like, you're playing green. So Calm down. funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I understand the, the fear of it because 10 is a lower number than 40. But one of the big things is you. I guess prior to all is one, so we'll have to see what. Yeah, the, there's the meta a lot of there's like a lot of post. stuff coming out. Yeah, because yeah, I think now with so much proliferate stuff, not even necessarily the toxic stuff. I think that's just a, their way of putting infect on a body again that makes it a little more fair and just guess, easier maybe. to keep track. Because infect doing the minus one minus one counters is kind of a lot on top of the poison counters. Yeah, it doesn't do that anymore. But now it does damage and poison counters. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the times the toxic is like half of whatever its power is. So there's a couple creatures that have like toxic two and there are four mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's like not as oppressive. But with all the proliferate tech, it might be a little easier in commander. Because mm-hmm. um, even right now, you would have to like really dedicate about 10 to 15 cards. Yeah. To make sure you can hit that point. The card I never see anyone like talk about when they're talking about infect, but like I feel like is the scariest infect card is Icarats because like I, that card's terrifying because that's how you actually win a game of commander with infect is because it's like a three or four mana rat. And when it enters the battlefield, each opponent gets a point in counter. Yep. Right. Icarats is a one and two black, uh, infect rat two one, and it says whenever Icarat enters the battlefield, each player gets a poison counter. And then you just proliferate, and then you only have to proliferate ten times, and then you win the game, which is still a lot. You know, you have to get the Icarats out, and then you have to proliferate ten times. Which with Yogmoth to proliferate ten times is twenty mana. There's a lot easier ways to kill people that take a lot less mana. That take like two cards and like six mana, not like. Having your commander out and drawing your Icarat and then cast uh, proliferating 20 times. So I don't know. I just think it's a non issue and like raising the infect level from like uh, in commander, I think is just it would just completely remove it from the format because it's already extremely hard to win a game of commander. Yeah, it's it's again, it's it's like any of those other one cons we were talking about. It's easy to get someone early on. But you, yeah, you kill if one you person. do that, you're not winning the rest of the game. Yeah, because yeah. you kill, you can kill one person with infect pretty easy. But killing 
three people with infect is really hard. And if you do that, I think you earned that win. You, like you, yeah. you got that. That's like, a lot. That's especially when you look at the bodies that have infect. Yeah. Without using grafted exoskeleton or phyresis. Yeah. You're 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 in a format where like casting a seven seven that does a bunch of things and wipes its own ass when it ETBs yeah. is like the norm. You're playing like one ones and two twos. Yeah. <laughs> like it's you're really like Hercules fighting the gods a little bit in terms mm-hmm. of like you're dealing if you're dealing creature damage and not doing any other tricks. Yeah. Um there is another called card called Hand of the Praetors that is three in a black, and it has infects other creatures with infect get plus one plus one. And whenever you cast a creature spell with infect, target player gets a poison counter. Which that card is pretty cool as well. Mm-hmm. But again, you have to dictate or you have to dedicate X amount of cards to creatures that have infect in your deck. Yeah. Which again is a bunch of one ones and two twos. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's it's compared to like other strategies that there are, it's like it can be f- fast. Ish. Yeah. But like you're not it's, you're not winning. Yeah. And even like maybe like the boogeyman of infect, like Atraxa, she's only gonna proliferate once per turn. And yeah. You still got to find a way to hit three people with the infect. And then you got to proliferate. And then if you just have a Traxa proliferating, that's still 10 turns. It takes 10 turns to kill three people. Yeah. And you're not going to like, is you're most likely you're not going to get everyone with infect at the same time. So, I mean, you'll probably have more ways to proliferate. So I don't know. I, I it's a non-issue to me. I yeah. think like, I don't know. I'm happy to see it. Maybe I just maybe we haven't actually fully faced against like a real souped up. Like my whole goal is to infect your ass because like your Yawgmoth deck, I wouldn't say isn't an infect deck. Like you have infect stuff in it just because it like works with your commander. But it's just I feel like you normally win with just. But I had that aristocrat that was straight infect and did nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's fair yeah i was gonna say if you have a if you have an infect deck that is souped up in a problem reach out to us yeah and maybe we could do like a stream or something and play it and see how it goes because yeah. i don't think it's an issue i think it's fun the so. only the only infect card i feel like people complain about is trying for the hordes and that's literally the exact same thing as playing a crater hoof it is or yeah. overwhelming stampede i think it's literally the same Mana cost is overwhelming stampede, and they do the same thing. They make something bigger. They give it. Tra- they make all your creatures have evasion, and then it either gives them enough power to kill you with trample damage or power to kill you with infect. It's the same card. It just one kills you with poison counters, one kills you with raw damage, and maybe the poison is a little bit more f- efficient because you just need ten damage direct damage to kill instead of the full life. But I mean, they do the same thing. Because it scales it up real fast. Yeah, it just scales a lot more because in the decks I have overwhelming stampeded, and I normally have like a six or a seven power. So like all, and then you have multiple creatures. So like they're all getting plus six, plus seven. And then Triumph just gets like plus one, plus one in Trample and Infect, something like that. Yeah, it is four mana. It's four mana? Yeah, Triumph for the Hordes is four mana, okay, which I maybe think it's is a like maybe low. two less. Maybe it's a little less, but. But again, it's plus one, plus one and gains Trample and Infect. Yeah. So. You still have to have creatures that are bigger. Bigger, yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's still the same trade-off of, like, it's not any easier necessarily. You're not, Or like, you got to go really wide. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's fine. It's fun. Shut the hell up. 
Yeah, it's one mana less than Overwhelming Stampede, so it's basically the same card. Yeah, that's nothing. Um, Yeah, I think that's kind of it. Can I think you think of any other ways you can win the game? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I think that's it. And I feel like we just kind of said, like, any way you win the game is kind of f- fine, as long as it matches the power level of your the people you're playing with. Yeah, I think all of them are fine. All of them are fun. I just entered my work password on my personal phone. My life is hell. I think they're all fun. It is, Yeah, you just have to be open about what you're playing when you sit down. Because, I mean, I, I like to build decks of all levels. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'll probably have a deck that matches. It's just a matter of, like, knowing what we're getting into. Yeah, and if we missed anything or you have a fun deck that wins a different way in a way that we didn't oh, talk I, about. I, I got one we didn't talk about. You should reach out if it's not the one Tyler has right now. It's uh just Voltron. So souping up oh. your commander and then killing the good old fashioned way. As God com- intended. Commander damage. Yep. No evasion, no flying, on the ground, no trample, smacking face. Yeah. I think it's I I don't know. I love commander damage. I like I, people complain about it. Like people that come from 60 card formats often complain about it. And it's, it's like, why is life total 40? If you just need to get someone with 21 and it's like, I don't know, but it's sick. <laughs> yeah. That's, I don't know. I like, I think that's part of it. We don't know either, but it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> just, it's, it's just like the rules of commander are just kind of arbitrary like, why Why is it color identity? Why is it 100 cards? Yeah. Because they just decided that when they were dicking around, and it just happened to be fun. Yeah. it's a, And it's just kind of the rules dudes now. dicking around. Yeah. And now it's like a full-blown format. But it's it's just for fun. It's not it's not that deep. And I think it's sick. I don't know. I, I, don't, I actually don't have a Voltron deck. I need one. Because they do yeah. seem cool. But the idea of just souping up one dude... All big. Yeah. I'll say my Rafika the Many deck kind of does that incidentally. And it's it's pretty fun. Oh no, he's like a like a classic um Never Voltron, mind. Yeah. I'm just now getting in my earpiece that Rafik of the Many is a classic. Yeah, he's a Voltron classic Voltron deck. deck, yeah. So maybe not serendipitously, maybe by fate's hand. No, it's just kind of what you do with him. But he's fun, yeah. It's a good oh, time. And it's fun like you you're like oh I'm gonna put armor on the dude I'm gonna give the dude a sword I'm gonna give the dude a hammer he doesn't have any more hands but I'm gonna give him two more swords yeah and then I'm gonna Souping give him up this with necklace equipment is just cool I don't <laughs> yeah. have an equipment deck and it's very cool yeah and uh, tap your swords week is fun I didn't realize that you could use those for things after you attacked and yeah stuff, so. yeah Dana Roach from the Commander Sphere or not the Commander Sphere from um. EDH Rec and CMDR Central? Yeah, and EDH Reccast. Um, they, he posts like just, he'll, he'll have a theme on Twitter and it's be like, this is all the cards that do this. And he posts a card every day. And one was Tap Your Swords Week, like Ryan just said. And it was cool. I was like, what what can you use your equipment for? Like you can tap them for mana with Inspiring stat, Statuary. Mm-hmm. You can tap them to draw cards with a Shimmer Dragon. You do a bunch of dumb stuff. You could even use them if you have like a manifold key out. You could tap them to untap something else. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. But yeah, Voltron, I think is sick. I need to build it. I think it's cool. Yeah, it's a good time. 
Yeah, I might be doing a 1v1 commander stream with a guy. I forget his name. He was on Twitter. He was nice. Um, Not Scruffy? It wasn't Scruffy. But shouts out Scruffy. I don't know if you listen to this, but you're cool. I like your stuff. Um, and yeah, it was like a 1v1 commander game. And I'm going to build um, Sung Yon. Sung Yon. Is that the... He's the Jess guy one who turns oh. into like... He's like the one punch man, basically. Oh, let's go. He's got prowess. And then you could pay like... Is that from Street Fighter? No. Okay. He's a... Uh, he's a monk from... Uh, he's like a Jess guy monk from cons. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Um, It's uh, Shu Yun, the Silent Tempest. He's two in a blue with prowess. So whenever you cast a non-creature spell, he gets plus one, plus one, it's one in turn. And then whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you may pay white or black, or uh, white or red or white or red. So you got to pay two colors, um, hybrid mana. If you do target creature, it gains double strike into one in turn. So you just got to cast a bunch of like little spells. Yeah. And then you get them up to 10. And then if you can give him flying with something, then he also will just bob someone. Oh, nice. yeah. Someone did an altar where he looks like one punch man. Um, and I think That's he's so cool, and he's probably garbage. He'd be so bad. He could not kill four people or three people. But in a 1v1, he's probably incredible. Yeah, you could probably get away with it if you got him evasive somehow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just guy, so you could probably do, like, some equipment. And like, uh, you, should, you, you should. Shadow Rift is, like, one. It's, like, one blue target creature can't be blocked this turn and yeah. draw a card. So it's a cantrip that just says you can't be blocked. And then you just cast, like, two more things. And then you give them double strike. And then you just... Yeah. I was like, keep it together after the stream. We should play it in the pod. Yes. I've, won I've wanted to. Yeah, I just haven't done it yet. I also want to build Nazan, the kitty cat. Oh, yeah. Um, He was in the Arabo. He was one of the alternate commanders in the Arabo precon. Mm -hmm. And when he enters the battlefield... You get to tutor up a card called Hammer of Nizan into your hand or onto the battlefield, which is so cool because he has like a signature hammer and then he's and then he does something with equipment. He's so cool. Nice. Yes. Nizan revered bladesmith and it'd be like a Selesnia like equipment deck, which I think is super weird because most equipment decks are like Boros. Yeah. Or white or red. Oh, no, okay. So when Nizan, Revered Bladesmith, enters the battlefield, search your library for an equipment card and reveal it. If you reveal a card named Hammer of Nizan this way, put it onto the battlefield. Otherwise, put that card into your hand, then shuffle. So he's a six mana, five, four cat that when you play him, you get the tutor for an equipment. And then whenever equipped creature you control attacks, you may tap target creature defending player controls. Oh, shit. Yeah, so you tutor for the hammer, and then the hammer gives... Uh, Whenever you play an equipment, you can automatically attach it to something. And then you it gives the equipped creature indestructible. Nice. It's sick. That was him. <laughs> shit was scaring me. Yeah, we heard your scent and we were like, what is going on? Oh, shit. Sorry. Yeah. No, oh, it's okay. Fine. It sounded like a car horn. So I was like, is my car getting stolen again? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's very obnoxious that we hear it in the mics. Maybe. It'll be fine. That was the first time I heard it. So. Yeah. No, that's okay. Um, but I'll say, I think. I think that's it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. If we, if there's one that we missed, let us know. Yeah. Um, what's our, what's our Twitter? Uh, at Command Paradise. And I am at, I am Ryan Brun, at I am Ryan Brun on everything. Yeah. Actually, I, I used to, 
give you guys my Twitter, but just talk to me on the on the real one. On the Commander Paradise Twitter. That's the only Twitter I even use anymore. I don't even use my actual Twitter anymore. My Twitter's going to be redacted now. No, you should tweet at Ryan. Ryan actually has good tweets. No, I'm bad at it. I get scared. Yeah, well, I guess until two weeks from now. Yeah, we'll see you in two weeks. In Commander's Paradise. Bye.